and then there's just an awkward silence because <laughs> nobody's talking that does always kill the conversation the recording in process the little zoom lady yeah she never used to say that though did she you just used to start recording but then it changed it's probably yeah. a saying i always find that like because I've been, I've done that on podcasts before where you sort of start saying hello to people and then they're like, oh, look, let, oh, we don't want to miss out on any of the, the gold. So then they press record and then you're like, oh my God, come out with gold now, quick. Gold. Guys, before we click record, we're actually having a really interesting conversation. <laughs> and now we can't remember. <laughs> now we can't think of what to say. Well, we can, but we just don't want to mention names. That's kind of the point of it, isn't it? No. Daniel. I, I just, I like, I... Jeez, the stuff you want to talk about today. Oh, my God. Ready for this. I'm not ready. No, I think you've, have you lost, have you lost your bottle on it? I would. No. No, you haven't. Okay. Let's start from the very start, shall we? How are you both? You know, oh, okay. I thought you were going to say that. No, it doesn't have to be formal, does it? I just, we haven't actually asked that question of each other, I don't think. I'm, I'm fine. I'm a bit tired from my first. I'm not going to lie. I'm really tired. <laughs> yeah, I am. I think it, people from the outside see it as a lot of fun, which it is a lot of fun, but they're also, they are bloody long days. When you get up with people, you go to breakfast with them, you're talking to people all day, then you go for dinner, then you go to the after thing. Not complaining, but it's just, it's a lot if you're not a social butterfly. Would you know also, like, I, I think that, um, like, in my line of work, it's you don't really ever get to do stuff like that like work is never really combined with social in that kind of way and I fa- like I sometimes find it really what are you like, saying the BSLM conference doesn't have live DJs no not live DJs oh, well God. they do but not the Artful Dodger which is boring I know boring. <laughs> Oh gosh. But yeah, it, I mean, it, like, it's funny when you sort of, you're like, I'm kind of at work, but I'm not. And I've got a talk to prepare, but I am having a gin and tonic. And it's just, it's unusual. I would never usually have a gin and tonic before work. Did you have well, That's probably a good thing, Mike. Yeah. yeah. And uh, to be fair, most personal trainers wouldn't. No, that's fair. No. That's fair <laughs> not day to day. Some. As uh, out of control as last year, though. I think by. It started at 12 last year, and I think by three o'clock, people were slurring and falling well, over. I think it was more of a marathon event this time, wasn't it? Like, you've got four days worth of stuff. Like, I, I think, yeah, I think I, I probably, um, I probably drank less at this IFS than I did at the last one, like day to day, because I couldn't sustain that for four days. No, it was, um, and actually, if you traveled, you went up there beforehand, then, but we traveled on the Thursday, so like. Thursday to getting home at early hours on the Tuesday. That was fun. That journey back was everyone really was fun. out of chat. There was 20, there was 19 of us on the plane. No one even wanted to make eye contact. <laughs> no, let alone talk to each other. Everyone was totally out of chat. Dan got a great video of me sleeping. Oh amazing. like flies catching flies with his mouth. But um I couldn't put the 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 soundtrack over the top that I wanted to. Yeah, I'm sorry not to Dan was trying to make my sleeping into content where there's this there's an Instagram reel which is like it couples it with a like a Disney kind of song where someone's like singing and the other person's whistling 
yeah it's like what a joke that you have to explain it loses all kinds of funniness um did you guys have fun in our opening chat i really like this is it's so funny because I we, did. we haven't recorded a podcast for a really long time <laughs> and then suddenly we were like doing a live thingy and we were like oh yeah i miss us do you know what I, 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 I would I really enjoyed the fact that our massive heads were behind it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that in Giant. Yeah, a little bit too yeah. self-conscious. The bit I enjoyed the most was um being told that energy is shit, actually. Oh for- yeah, by Paul. That was nice. Yeah, that, that, that was nice. <laughs> if I needed reassuring it was going really well, that was the point three quarters of the way through. The energy is shit in it. Everyone stand up, please. <laughs> but you know, no one can pull that off like Paul Mort can. To no, be fair, no. and Amy like, did lift the energy of the room. So yeah, he did, and he's the he's the only person who I would ever take that from. And what I thought was really brilliant was that then when he finished doing that and brought the energy up, we were like, right, well, that's quite enough of that. Then let's all sit back down and calm down now, shall we? <laughs> I can't <laughs> even back to normal. Conversation was off. That it was only for ten minutes or so, wasn't it? Yeah, we had a we had a chat. So we had Paul, yeah, Paul and Mark chatting business Emma, right. Emma had a fun chat before that I did what oh. was your fun chat oh what? that was me was that me and Jamie yeah can't even remember what we were talking about now business. oh yeah it was about building a following so this is basically what, what what Dan was alluding to a little bit where he was like oh, are you actually going to say this and it's not like it's not even really about IFS it's just about the industry in general and I think we if we're looking at like being excellent personal trainers, we've definitely gone too far into thinking that that is any way related to having a big following or to growing a big following or that that's like a prerequisite or something we should be spending a hell of a lot of time on. And it might be for some people and it might be a goal that someone has, but they're not like, they're not the same. Like they are not the same thing. Do you think though, and this is, I think a challenging question do you think that for the most part, and I mean, I include everybody in this, do you think human beings want to be really good at their jobs or do you just think that they are more interested in being really successful at their jobs? And that's where stuff like that comes from. Yeah. Because what's success? No, I don't think so. If you're asking, or do you think they want lots of people to think that they're good at their job? That's another question. But I do think that, and something that like Amelia and I made a like a big point of especially in the AAA area was that success to everyone looks completely different and like we always compare how our businesses look and like what are you know if you're looking at bank accounts and stuff they're you know very different but Amelia's definition of success looks very different to mine and her like life that she wanted to build is very different to mine and this is why I think it's really useful to do something like the perfect day exercise where you kind of, or more to the point, I think if you're doing this career-wise, like what does your perfect week look like? If you're a self-employed personal trainer, what does your perfect week look like? How much do you work? How much time do you spend with your family? How much extra stuff are you taking on? Like what, what's your life balance looks like? Because mine looks very different to Dan's and we're both successful, but it looks very different on paper compared to like how much we work, how much family time we have. So I think success like looks different to everyone and it will probably look different at every stage of your life as well depending on what other things become important to you like I don't have any kids right so 
my life looks very different than Dan's life looks like. Yeah, but what I mean is, like, if if you want a career, for example, I think that for the most part, and this is maybe slightly different when you're talking about non-vocational jobs. I suppose personal training is some somewhat of a vocational job. Normally, people who who go into personal training as self-employed personal trainers normally have something of a passion for lifestyle and fitness and changing people's lives and stuff like that, right? Same with stuff like being a doctor. But I think for most part, when you think of all of the different jobs and careers that people have, I think that generally people would prefer to take shortcuts to ways of providing themselves with financial stability, career longevity and career sustainability, rather than focusing specifically on being really good at one's job in the thinking that that is what will provide you with all of the above. I think so, because it's more socially rewarded as well, isn't it? It's almost encouraged, whereas we've had separate conversations as like vocationally, people do have aspirations on being an influencer these days. So mm-hmm. whereas your, your sole ambition would be to grow the biggest audience you possibly could. So the landscape just vastly changed. And I think it's like maybe if you are of a certain generation of coach, maybe is like, you know, I was even talking about the, in terms of roles now, but when you first get into coaching, first and foremost, your sole focus is just being a bloody great coach. And then across time, you have to learn how to do your accounts, you know, your social media, all those other kind of things. And I think following in terms of social value has been placed a lot higher than other things. And it's almost a little bit contradictory in that we speak about body transformation processes and we encourage the people that we're working with not to focus on the outcome, actually to fall in love and invest in the process. And if you can't love the process, at least see the value in the process. But a lot of new people potentially coming in the industry are, are stuck on arbitrary numbers or, you know, whether that's following or that's earning a certain amount. So it's almost the gap in between. And, you know, I'm not saying none of this is important. I think I, I would just maybe just from my opinion, I would like to see a little bit more of the actual focusing on doing a bloody good job as a focal point, more so the other things, because, you know, unfortunately, I say unfortunately, having a certain followers and things like that does open doors. It does increase your reach and the potential to influence people. But if your coaching services are absolutely shocking, it's not going to last anyway. So it's okay. It's all very much a case of chasing followers, but you've got to need to know what to do with them as well. 100%. And like speaking as a client, I would much prefer personal trainers to be focusing on those things. But I still think if you had two talks next door to one another and one was, how to achieve really great results with your personal training clients. And the other one was how to get to six figures in the next six months. I definitely see I wonder the, which one would be better attended. I definitely understand it. And I understand the allure of it, which is kind yeah. of why I was a bit of a joke and my followers yeah. and like that. And that was like a running theme throughout the whole weekend. People would come up to me and go, got more followers than you, mate. And I'm, you know, I'm not attached to that. I'm, I'm totally fine with it, but there is also some truth in that as well, which I think is, is a bit, upsetting for people because i think some people do get into this industry to be more well known rather than to actually be recognized i think mike that good coaches would go to the talk that was on how to get your clients incredible results and support them properly and not fuck up their relationship with food and blah 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 like i think good coaches would go there especially now over the like six figures i think it's very similar to when I guess when you see like less educated clients who would be tempted to go to the six week shred versus 
an actual coaching program that's going to support you like actually at some point and I would say the same thing happens with PTs like there will be PTs that are maybe quite fresh and like will be tempted by that quick fix and be like yeah I want to go to the six-figure workshop that's going to get me this in this amount of time and then the more experienced ones or maybe it's experience maybe it's just like a little bit more knowledge will be like actually I I really care about being an incredible coach and I would rather go to that one Mm -hmm. I don't think it's quite as clear cut but I do kind of get what you were saying previously and I'm pretty sure I remember having a conversation about this with you in a car in Chichester just next to a roundabout and I could like very specific very specific this is happening to me quite a lot and I don't know if it's just the way my brain works but I was saying this to Amelia the other day I was like oh there's a story you need to tell and it's the one you told me right outside the gym in Lisbon and I can't remember the exact story but it was about like how people respond in lockdown if they're introverts versus extroverts and I was like I remember the exact place you told me but I can't remember what it was anyway I do remember this story and we were talking about how actually when it comes to sales and things we do expect personal trainers to have higher values than in other careers so for example I fully expect if I go and buy a car that someone's going to try and rip me off a little bit and I don't feel like they're immoral for doing that I just think that's what you get when you buy a car someone's going to go in at the highest price they're going to try and sell you all this stuff you don't need and that's just kind of part of the process now if a personal trainer did that to me like if I knew a personal trainer who was trying to sell way higher than what I needed and then was trying to sell me CBD products and like cereal (laughs) (laughs) I love cereal though yeah to be fair right but whatever trying to sell me all these supplements that I don't need then I would be like you're scammy and I question your morals but I wouldn't question it in other yeah. Like in other you jobs. Don't, and I you think don't, it is because you expect that you've become a personal trainer because you really want to help people. You don't question Jennifer Aniston for trying to tell you that she uses like L'Oreal Elvive or whatever, do you? Like you just assume she's lying and they put glue in her hair to make it look beautiful and everyone's happy with that. And no one's like, oh, she's such a scumbag. Glue. <laughs> glue. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, they, put, they put like, they they like coat all of the strands of hair with like, weird products to make it go zhuzhi i do think it's an industry where your your personal values do have to be reflected in what you do and how you work with people because people trust you implicitly don't they they're trusting you with their body their health um and we always see the the detrimental side effects of that where people potentially have bad experiences with certain coaches and uh unfortunately they never feel like they can speak about it either and that's kind of I've spoken to you guys a couple of times back. We're almost a, an industry of enablers to a certain extent because everyone wants to maintain a certain level of professionalism by not calling out or highlighting certain people, certain practices, but almost by not doing that, those people are continuing to get away with it as well. I mean, there is a lot of calling out. <laughs> not yeah. by us, obviously, but no, like, but like I mean, it doesn't happen. Like the the six-figure thing there, and like everyone has their own goals and aspirations in life but the thing I find particularly tone deaf at the moment is not that I'm one of these scaremongers but maybe you're talking to people at the moment that are going to have to really worry about taking cuts and you know certain things making certain constraints in life and genuinely there are people with their backs against the wall when you're talking about six figures and we all know the pressure that placed on new PTs as well is that you can have a perfectly great existence job fulfilling life 
not earn six figures, but if you're new in the industry, perhaps you expect to earn that, or that is the expectation. It's, you know, some people are claiming to take home extortionate amounts of money, which is their, their business and good luck to them. But I don't know whether it's the time to be suggesting that everyone should expect that to a certain extent. I think it, it, it's also like the world takes is different strokes for different folks. And it's funny that like even, you know, this kind of precedent being set, everyone has to earn six figures to be happy and everyone has to earn six figures to be successful is particularly bizarre in a career that is traditionally not massively highly paid. And so it's kind of just this big gulf for people, I think, because, yeah, it's probably easy to earn six figures if you have a big following, have a, you know, have access to lots of people online and can book lots of people in for online coaching and stuff like that or do like high ticket things or lots of group things and stuff like that. But I don't know. I mean, I, it's, it's difficult for me to say what's realistic as an expectation in, in like any career other than my own. But I do find it surprising that they're just... I don't know. I guess it's just the allure of wealth, isn't it? If you And if you can sell wealth to people, they're going to want to buy it, aren't they? Because actually everybody wants to earn as much money as possible. So if somebody tells them, like, oh, if you, if you follow me and listen to what I have to say, you could be, you know, essentially living like a laptop lifestyle in yeah. Bali. Then I think, I think it's part of the, the, the broader societal constructs, if you like, like people are expected to earn a certain amount of money, look a certain way. And that is their very definition of success but again it comes back to that being subjective about what that actually means to you like yeah. you know for some people that is just spending more time with the kids for some people that is financial freedom for some people that is just the fact that they haven't got a nine to five like it, it looks different for everyone so it's almost again just i feel like confining people to a box is that if you don't find this successful then you're not successful mm. Mm, yeah I think if you enjoy what you do you're already successful if you enjoy mm. what you do and you're making enough money that's success end of and Dan what you were saying about enjoying the process that's so important I think especially when many personal trainers or many businesses may find that actually over the next couple of years their income starts to go down before it then might go up again right or who knows what will happen but it, it's much like a fat loss journey where actually if you enjoy the journey it doesn't really matter how long it's taking like I would be doing the same thing if I was earning half as much because I genuinely love what I do I think and that's what about just making the money. Almost forgetting that is you got into a job because you don't dread Mondays, for example, just one of the perks of a job because you love it. Yeah. And actually, that's often what drives success. Like you will effortlessly outwork other people if you have the massive competitive advantage of actually enjoying what you do. Like if you're forcing yourself to go and do this every single day and you absolutely hate doing check-ins and you hate coaching people and you hate doing social media like you're never going to be as good as the person that actually enjoys it mm -hmm. yeah. that's very true isn't it i unfortunately missed yours and amelia's talk because we we had um another talk outside which if you talk outside in that kind of weather no one's really there for a talk are they i mean 29 degrees or whatever it was and people just laying there sunbathing it's like they're definitely listening honest it was good i thought you had you had a big crowd for yours anyway and so did you mike i caught some of, of yours that was nice and the and the panel outside it was interesting the panel outside stuff was quite interesting very chilled and relaxed 
<laughs> mm, yeah. What was the panel on? It was a podcast panel. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're saying it like, oh, yeah, people. Dan think. was chosen to represent Fitness Unfiltered and he did a very good job. Oh, well done, Dan. Yeah. I also really enjoyed the doctor's panel outside, actually. Did you? Yeah. I th- I wasn't sure what to expect from that. And it was really interesting because we'd spent quite a lot of time chatting about it beforehand because we weren't really sure what sort of stuff was going to come up. Um, but I, th- I found the questions really interesting. I found like the kind of some of the psychology behind some of the questions and what people wanted to know and what people thought about doctors and stuff. Really fascinating. Um, it's so interesting to be talking to a crowd of people who don't have like professional insight into what exactly it is that you do and sort of seeing what those prejudices and thoughts and ideas that people have about it. Um, it, It's interesting from both sides because you can see it from both sides. Something you said about, you know, not being able to just refer people to PTs because you don't actually know how good a PT is. Much like we don't know how good a doctor is. Like people have vastly Mm. different experiences. Like I have, clients I send to speak to their GP about perimenopause and get the most incredible support Mm. and others who get nothing and then you also don't really know what's gone on right and it's the same with when personal trainers like get complaints it's like well actually did you do any check-ins did Mm. you actually even message the person to say I didn't receive this information Mm. or like could you explain this further and I think the same is true in like when people go into their doctors it's like you know you say that you mentioned this but like did you actually mention mm. it? like mention it's quite that? common actually that when like when patients of mine for example will go and see a specialist and they'll come back and we'll have a discussion about it and they'll and I'll say well did you did you did you tell them that you didn't understand what they're saying oh no I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to bother them or something like that and it's like well that's what you were there for um I find it, I do find that the kind of the, the mentality and psychology of it really interesting. But then when you are in that position, you're scared, you're worried, you kind of want to get out as quickly as possible without somebody telling you that you've got a horrible diagnosis. You're so much more concerned about how you feel in that moment than you are about what somebody's actually telling you. You so often you often hear more about what they're not telling you than what they are telling you. And it's really not to be underestimated, actually, how, you know, how people feel and how you know, Dan always says this communication happens on the terms of the listener. And that's one of the truest things that that you can sort of ever, ever hear, really, like, you know, what people report back from a conversation is always really very different to, to what actually happens. But I thought that was an interesting panel, too. And I loved Dan's talk as well on body image. I thought it was really, really interesting. And that got really good feedback as well. And an incredibly high attendance rate, I would say, as well. Especially for first thing in the morning. Yeah, there was um there was a subtle waft of alcohol coming, but I still really appreciated people being there, especially because I didn't want to say last week. Obviously, had the chat with you guys, but it was uh something I proposed, not necessarily topic wise, about five weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I should probably say IFS were amazing in terms of arranging things, but there was someone had a baby in between, and um when I hadn't heard back about doing a talk when they kind of first sounded out about what we'd like to talk about. And then I, I sent it out with a follow-up one and then a WhatsApp a week before, just like, if I'm going to do this, can you let me know? I just took it as a, no, thanks, hun. Just a polite cream pie in my face. And I just accepted. I was just going to come along. I was going to do a few panels and stuff. Unlike you, Dan. Well, <laughs> just assume that they weren't interested. <laughs> that's, that's my, that's, that's, 
naturally what I would assume. Fault. Yeah, my personality fault. So um, I saw it about two minutes before, Amy, you said, oh, excited about your talk then. What's it about? So when I put on my Instagram last week, really excited to share this special talk. It was special because I hadn't done it at all. And um, that's I actually think sometimes doing it last minute is quite good because it's so fresh and actually you're mm. so excited about it. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I do question whether like this is just how my own brain works. But I know that when I've just looked into it, I'm like, I could talk about this for ages. Like this is the most interesting thing I've ever spoken about. And then like a week later, I'm kind of bored of it a little bit. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I want to talk about it for a while because I think it's just, you know, body image in general is an interesting one. Same as like the societal constructs around perceptions of wealth and bodies. I, I find they're all kind of intertwined. So it's really interesting to talk to people about it. And uh, But Friday, if I hadn't gone and locked myself in my hotel room, I don't know how people were casually trying to pretend they're on their laptops doing work. There's no way anyone's working on a laptop next to that swimming pool. Um, I'm glad I, I got it done. And I'm glad but it's it, out there. It is lovely to see the evolution of fitness events and the fact that, like, you know, at fitness events five, six years ago, all of the talks were how to get shredded, how to get shredded, how to build muscle, how to get shredded. And now we've got. To I was just on. constantly asked to do talks about how to lose fat as a woman. Yeah, because obviously it's completely different. Completely different for men. <laughs> and then now we've got a female. Emma, would you do a talk on yeah. female fat loss or just something to do with being a female? I was like, oh. <laughs> but then now we've got like body image. We've got mental health. We've got people talking about like willpower. Like ben and Sohi's talk. Um, it just is like it, I find it genuinely really refreshing to see that kind of move. I really that. enjoyed Ben and Sohi's talk. So good. And I really enjoyed that Sohi did in such an amazing way. It was just like, no, we've got an hour. We're doing an hour and we're not going to cut it short. Like, I just thought, like, she's not apologizing for being there. She's got great things to say. She's going to say it. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. I felt terrible for that because I thought I was running it over, but I didn't know that they actually gave everyone a toilet break. So when they put yeah. it on their Instagram saying, oh, we started late, so we're finishing late, I was like, shit. Because that timer thing wasn't working, was it? No, you were fine. You so. were fine. Though I did have some challenging questions. Yeah, you did. What was the, what, the challenging question was something about if body image is all about sex, then... And then there was that was basically it. It was just like continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I probably didn't respond in the best way, but I was I, I'm glad I can't. Was it? It was either you or Amelia that stopped me talking because I don't think I was getting anywhere. I think we just started laughing, and you're like, "What?" We're like, "You're digging." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Okay, I, I won't answer this one." What do you think? I do find like actually questions Q and A's at the end of talks are always really fascinating because sometimes people just ask very very unexpected and somewhat unrelated things and actually when you've prepared to talk on a specific subject it can be sometimes quite challenging because you're like oh I really want to give a really good answer to this question but actually I don't really know what the answer is I think it was along the lines of how much does body image feed into sex appeal because my clients just want to have sex or something like that which it was her clients, but well, ten o'clock in the morning. I've got to say, I found it quite challenging. You know, I wasn't. The thing is, I don't know how much she was. I I remember now. I think she was basically asking, like, is body image all about sex? And I don't think it is. I don't think it all is. I think probably a part of it is. 
I think that kind of also the point I don't that know she, how much of it it is actually. I mean if you like body image is the perception of oneself so if you feel like you are sexually attractive to someone then naturally that is going to feed into how you feel about yourself how that transfers into how they might feel about you and is this where I just stop talking because potentially I'm going to just dig on I? so no I mean I don't think that's digging it's an interesting conversation but I just don't know if it's all about being sexually attracted no, I, I definitely don't think. I think that there's that that perception also that sex sells as well, and so like actually that's why there's quite a big focus on body image and stuff like fitness because it's often it's centered about making yourself more attractive. Like look at diet, you know, diet culture and the body ideals and um, it's sexualized, isn't it? You look yeah. at even from like whatever size or shape of body is, it is sexualized to some degree because yeah. it's presented in a certain way. So, yeah. Is that enough about sex on this podcast? I definitely don't want to talk about the other things that came up. Talk. <laughs> I think they were career first. Dan also talks about the size of men's penises. Oh, I forgot about that. And um, sex workers, which I think is where Amelia and I were like, stop talking. <laughs> but I can't remember why you were talking about sex workers now. I can't. It was it was off the back of a question. By the yeah. way, bring that up. It was you know something along the lines of that um the small penis thing was talking about like norms of body image for men in that men have continually been become more jacked and actually small penises used to be really cool but they're not cool anymore so now you've got to be jacked with a massive whopper as well apparently and be so much pressure on men super wealthy is yeah i know men are just so oppressed and they are yeah gosh that was what you got on your thingy the other day wasn't it i didn't even use those words i know i think that's the thing is what you're saying people often people often hear what they want to hear and see what they want to see when it comes to stuff like that i love when when you put a post up about something and someone's like yeah i agree feminists are idiots and you're like what (laughs) (laughs) like no said anything even vaguely posted that's not really what i said and then you're sort of torn whether to just double tap it and go thanks or yeah. get engaged you know in that people look at comments so you don't yeah. really like i noticed that you liked this comment yeah that means you agreed with it uh, no it just meant i wanted to end the conversation without yeah. carrying it on it was a polite like polite. thanks for the interaction babe i did enjoy um portugal though i came back 80 percent pastry I had more than my fair share of pastel donati. Yeah, they were so good though. I was genuinely surprised by how good the custard tarts were because like I'm not I I you know I'll eat pretty much any dessert, but they wouldn't be first on my list. Oh my and... god, same. I said this to Mila. She was like, I really want to go to Belém to have the best custard tart. And I was thinking custard yeah. tart. And then I was wrong. Yeah, I was yeah. also wrong. They're not Very the same nice. as so in my head I had egg tart thing from MS. From no, not even MS, like little. Mm. And I like you know that it's it's more like a mince pie without the top, but just like custody egg stuff in. I was like, no, yeah. that's me. Yeah. That's what I thought it was coming. And and yeah, those was- are like English custard, custard pies or custard tarts or whatever they're called. Yeah, Gross. I mean the the ratio of pastry to filling, I think, is the important. Same with like, a, and same with the mince pie. Is if there's too much pastry, I think that can sometimes ruin it. Oh, but if there's too much mince, also, hmm. I'd like mm. a bit. Of mince. 
Yeah, a bit, Dan. A bit. Bloody hell. It's a difficult little world. (laughs) It is. These are the big questions that we answer on Fitness Unfiltered. What was your favourite part of the weekend? Doesn't it doesn't have to be related to a talk? Why are you both grinning? I'm I'm not grinning. I'm just thinking about. It. I just want to be really yeah, selfish and say this that this is I'm just my face, Dan. Devious. No, that's a devious face. I know the difference between Emma's normal face and her devious gush. I don't know. What was my favourite bit? I don't know. What was yours? I think mine was. Because it was my old ear holes, it was a decent level volume wise. I think the the social bit on the Sunday night was really cool because yeah, she had the opportunity to. Oh yeah, when I had a migraine. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> Although that did look like it would have been my favourite night, but I was yeah. so unbelievably unwell. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't think about that. I mean, before. that's okay. It, it, do you know what I was? Talking to people. I, could, I was. Um, quite grateful that it wasn't the night before because then I wouldn't be able to do my talk and I would have been like really unwell so you know it's fine it was it was the best timing if I was going to have a migraine that weekend so yeah that is probably also what you get for thinking like I remember going into that weekend and, and that we were in the taxi going and Amelia was like how much stuff have you got to do still for commit six because I had a launch that weekend and I was like oh, you know, just setting targets for 100 people, like, fine. And she's like, oh, my God, that's quite a lot. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to embrace it and just be like, I can do it all. Like, let's just see if I can do it all. And it turns out, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I did do it all, but I also made myself very unwell. (laughs) Balance, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Not learned that one yet. Well, Mike, you were going to say you're really selfish. Well, I really enjoyed my talk. I just really enjoyed doing a talk, um, which I was excited that I enjoyed it because traditionally I don't enjoy doing solo talks. I like doing panels. I like doing Q&As, but I always find it quite hard to deliver a talk because I find myself boring. Um, But I actually really enjoyed doing that talk. Um, And I also really enjoyed getting to, I got to host a, um, a panel that I wasn't meant to be on uh just so just to kind of moderate it and I really enjoyed doing that because I had like five minutes notice so it felt super pressured and I was like right I need to do this well and I was really pleased with myself because I thought I did it quite well and then I was asked to introduce the last panel discussion and I did that really badly and I was back to you know being really disappointed I know but it's good to be fallible I think you don't want to get too big for your boots do you yeah you don't want to be good at everything I was saying like I there was this moment in the on the evening on that last night where I was a bit like wow like I've really achieved some cool stuff this weekend I was starting to kind of develop myself a little bit of a swagger starting to you know build my confidence up and then I was walking through the bar and Staz was walking towards me and he went away and like grabbed my arm or something and I spilt red wine down a, there was a girl sitting next like sitting down next to me and I spilt like just two or three splodges of red wine on the back of her dress and what I just went dress? it was green and I just went oh my god I'm so sorry and like I've never received such a withering look she literally turned around looked me dead in the face and was like ugh and I was like, I'm really sorry. And she didn't say anything. And it just ended up in this really awkward bit where me and Staz had both tried to get like napkins from the bar and we were like patting her back down. Like, And I was like, this is really weird because she's almost just behaving like we're not here. 
but I'm trying to clean the red wine off her dress. I don't think this is okay. And I was like, and I like turned to her partner. I was like, would you like to take these napkins and help her with this? Because I've got to go <laughs> just run off. It's it's such a like obviously that's annoying, right? But to respond like that is just the most awkward thing. I know, and I just wanted to say, look, I've had a really challenging weekend and I'm very pleased with myself, and you are making me sad. <laughs> I didn't say that. Well done. You're a good person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. I wonder if she's listening. I doubt Do you it. know what I've been thinking about yeah, is yeah. at breakfast there was this like muesli. Oh, it was so good. Oh my God. What was it? The Bircher muesli. It was like banana-y flavoured. Oh, it was incredible. And I remember someone told me it was good. And I was like, that's not good. That looks right. You say muesli, right? Yeah, Bircher muesli. Yeah, muesli. I heard Moseley. And I was like, I might have said Moseley. I don't know. Moseley. Can people tell us? I'm going to listen to this back. Because I was like, what the <laughs> Moseley? Anyway, it was anyway. phenomenal. And I need to know okay. what was in it because I need it. I know it was really good. It was really, really good. And I was so skeptical of it to the point where I put a tiny bit in my bowl and actually ate it at the buffet because I <laughs> wanted to know whether it was good or bad. And I was like, this is going to be rubbish. And I was like, oh my God, that's incredible. And so I had loads. That, that's always my hotel litmus test. What's the cereal cart like? Like, what's the granola? <sighs> that was like? a good cereal yeah. cart. Yeah. It was they good. That, those cho- chocolate curl things, I really like those. It's like a standard holiday procedure. It's dissolved into food chat anyway. Anyway, that was a nice roundup, wasn't it? I enjoyed that was it. lovely. Is there anything else? Closing comments, or you you feel so? Good? This, welcome to season five. Yeah. Yeah. Do we just have a new season every time we do a podcast? fitness unfiltered. Yeah, we are now committing to doing podcast. Mike said this, and he might have been drunk, but every week. <laughs> Did you say that? Did Dan's you? face Did you? is like. <laughs> Dan's like I wasn't consulted Basically, I, feel, I feel like this is a discussion we should have live okay for no reason but we had a quick chat you weren't drunk so it was in the morning and when you and- say we I wasn't there was I you weren't there okay, so no, it's not- no. <laughs> okay but Mike and I spoke about this yeah and we decided that if it's not every week then it doesn't get into our routine and that's the issue Okay. We need to develop some momentum and consistency. Okay. And, and ambush our co-hosts. Like... Every week. And actually, if we say it while it's being recorded, you can't, can't say no as easily. Oh, right. So when I'm put on the spot, I can't say no. I, I think that, that's agreeable, providing we, we just, you know, the general consensus is the good, the bad and the ugly are accepted. Well, yeah. When has that never <laughs> when has that ever been a problem? <laughs> okay. Yeah, because normally, actually, we're quite perfectionist with this. <laughs> yeah. Unfiltered. It isn't called unfiltered because we can't be asked to edit it. It's just called unfiltered because it's raw and gritty. Unfiltered by name. Unfiltered by notion. No- nature. <laughs> and notions. <laughs> and notions. <laughs> That's the closest I've ever heard Emma get to an Essex accent. Thank you. Less, 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 less. Did anyone right. hear how good my Scouse accent was on the weekend? I did not hear I got it. really good at it. Did you? Did you? Yeah. We've got now. Oh, well, I was going to say, you're going to have to do a bit, surely. What did you say? When I want to get into a Scouse accent, I have to say, they don't know they're born. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got like trigger you know what? That's quite a good, that's actually quite good. 
you have to have a trigger phase to get you into like if you want to go into northern ireland you have to go get out of here now and then you're yeah. sort of straight back into it and then well, and... eat the par now <laughs> <laughs> I just remember my friend's mum saying that once. So I was like, oh, I I All right, bye then. Oh, okay. bye. Bye.